sir. At this stage of your life, is there any job in which you would take a pay cut? Well, not not at this point. I mean, right. Maybe before, maybe, but not not now. Right. Like, I mean, you're at the stage of your life where you're you're trying to move up. Mm-hmm. Any job that requires you to take a pay cut, yeah, be a step down, just based off of that one fact. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, we're in different stages of our life. Um, you know, you're not married. You don't have kids. You don't have any of that stuff that yeah. I have. But I'm the, I'm in the same part of my life. I'm still accumulating wealth. I'm still yeah. trying to move up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there are things you want to accomplish, and you need money to do that. <laughs> yeah. So any any job opportunity that came my way, that would be the first question: Are you mm-hmm. going to give me more money? Yeah. We bring this up not to talk about anything other than the fact that. Tony Hughes is at, obviously at a different point yeah. in his life. I think that's the big thing to take away. Um, it's not that he was trying to run away from Mississippi State. Yeah. It's not anything like that. But Tony Hughes was making $400,000 at Mississippi State mm-hmm. as its assistant head coach, recruiting coordinator, and coaching the safeties. He's going to make $265,000 at Jackson State. Yeah, $135,000 is a significant amount of salary to give up yeah i but i'm also not surprised yeah i'm not surprised um either i mean we were talking with john wiener about this the other day and when when you hear like this is purely i want to be a head coach you you totally believe it there's hardly really any doubt in this situation with hey i just really want to be a head coach because tony's obviously 56 he's he's made his money he's been coaching for the past 30 years um so you so you know how rare those opportunities to be a head coach are. So the fact he took less money and that much less money to do it isn't surprising to me. No, and, and he's at the stage of his life when you can make that sort of decision. Mm-hmm. Um, the kids are out of the house. It's just him and his wife. You yeah. can downsize. Yeah. Like, like, I have no idea what they're doing. But like, just from a theoretical perspective, mm-hmm. um, you don't need as much stuff. Yeah, and Jay's a GA on the staff. Jay's a GA on the staff, but like, I mean, you know, buy a nice condo yeah. somewhere in the metro area, and you know, plenty of room. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't you don't need to buy the big house and the big pad and and all of those things. And, and if it means that you you know, Tony also strikes me as the sort of dude who's probably not you know wasted away a lot yeah. of money he's made before in his <laughs> and, life. Two hundred sixty five thousand dollars still isn't anything right. to sneeze like, at. <laughs> <laughs> We're not talking about he needs federal assistance. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's gonna be okay. <laughs> he's gonna be okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, but it is surprising. He's making like what, like five thousand dollars more than Harold Jackson. Yeah, was. yeah, five thousand more. Harold's making two sixty. You know, this the part of the contract that actually surprises me the most because I think we all suspected that Tony was going to take some sort of pay cut, yeah, just yeah, going from the SEC to the SWAC, mm-hmm. even a difference in title. It's just the salary wasn't going to be that yeah. high. And the contract's only three years. Yeah, state state law says a contract can go up to four years. That's pretty standard at mm-hmm. you know the the FBS level. Like four years, I mean, you're literally talking about that's not even the total lifespan of most of your recruits. Yeah. Most of your recruits are going to be on campus for five years. So yeah. Four years as it is, like you can't promise a kid that you're going to be there mm-hmm. the entire time, but it, it is what it is. That's what state law says. And it's also important to note that I think 
Ole Miss Mississippi State have never argued against that state law. <laughs> Because it's got him out of some, um, some yeah. sticky wickets at times, <laughs> yeah. like name like that Houston nut sticky wicket. Um, but they've had only three years. Uh, well, that's been like the standard for the head coaches that I've seen at JSU. The like Wayne Brent's contract's only three years. Harold's was only three years, and now Tony's is only three years. I know, obviously, you probably want that four years so you can say, "Hey, to your first recruiting class, like, hey, I'm gonna be here," um, but. Yeah, that three years has kind of been the standard from this is the contracts I've seen so far at Jackson State. Especially, well, yeah, I mean, I understand that, but especially in a situation like that where you're talking about Harold Jackson was gone so quickly. Yeah, yeah so fast. If I'm if I'm Tony, and, and I don't know how much negotiating Tony did because he was so excited mm-hmm. to get a head coaching opportunity, um, then, you know, he might have taken it for 26500 <laughs> <laughs> He was so excited. Yeah. But... I would have held on for that fourth year. Yeah. I would have said, I saw what you did with Harold Jackson. <laughs> uh, I'm going to be your fourth head coach in three years. Yeah. I'm going to need that fourth year. <laughs> I, I thought the interesting thing was there was no there's no buyout clause, I know. But I, I wrote in the story on Sunday that if they fire him without cause, then it's 100000 that they owe him with, right. within a month. I know Harold's buyout was sixty five thousand. So I remember when I, I first saw Harold's contract, and I, I knew the results that were going on. I was like, "This isn't going to be that hard for them to fire no, him." No, <laughs> that sixty five thousand, and I was like, uh, "This is not going to make it too hard for them to let him go." What, what is the buyout if Tony leaves? Is there any buyout whatsoever? No, there Tony wasn't. Yeah, there wasn't any language, um, which is interesting. Yeah, like what do you, what do you read into that? Because you can read it one of two ways. You can either read it as that's something that Tony Hughes wanted in case things are going poorly. Mm-hmm. You can walk away and there's no financial penalty. Yeah. Um, you could also read another way where it doesn't matter because he's not going anywhere. Yeah. Um, I didn't know how, like, really how to read that because I mean, it's like, say Tony Hughes does well and and maybe he'll get. Who knows what it'll lead to? Right. Uh, um, what if Sun Bell or CUSA school come yeah. calling? You know. Yeah. So. That's what I was wondering too. I was like, is it strange? There's not that exact buyout language that was in Harold's. Um, the only thing, yeah, like I said, the only thing that's in there is the $100,000 if they fire him without cause, um, which I think was him kind of maybe trying to protect himself from the same stuff that they did to Harold and stuff like that. Yeah. I don't know. It's all very interesting. Yeah. Especially considering, I mean, you talk about the buyout thing, like everything that happened with Jay leaving, Jay Hobson leaving Alcorn State. Mm-hmm. Um, and Southern Miss attaching a ridiculous two million dollar buyout to his contract is just stupid. Yeah, it's like, come on. Yeah, that's in the first three years. If he leaves, right, the first two, first three. Yeah. If he leaves in the first three, which how long did Tom Munkin stay? <laughs> <laughs> three years. Three years. Yeah. Um, it just looks petty. It looks like. Todd's a big old meanie and he left us. <laughs> so we're going to attach this ridiculous buyout when Jay Hobson is not going to go. Yeah, Jay, else, yeah like, Jay's not going to go. Um, and so it's just, yeah. But yeah, it, I mean, it is, it is just fascinating. The, the idea of, because we're in this environment in college football where everything is about how much more money you can make. Yeah. Um, we're seeing salaries grow at this exponential rate. Mm-hmm. Um, Tony Hughes was making as an assistant coach, not even a coordinator at Mississippi State, what probably 10 years ago the head coach made. Yeah. 
And now, you know, Dan Mullen's a $4 million man. Um, like, Hugh Freeze up to like $5 million. I yeah. Think. It's where, you know, like, you think about that, that level of difference, it shows you, you know, I guess, number one, how much Tony really wanted to be head coach. Mm-hmm. But also the level of difference between major college football and the SWAC right now. Yeah. But that's what the that's resources. What Jack, that's a school like Jackson State, which compared to to the rest of the SWAC, yeah. has a lot of resources. Yeah. That's how much they can pay. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just just like in the recruiting budget, it can't exceed like in, in the contract, the recruiting budget can't exceed more than a hundred thousand dollars. And then you see like the the ESPN report. I forget who reported it. Or USA Today actually um, reported that. Jim Harbaugh in 2015 spent 136000 on just on the flights. Yeah. yeah. On his recruiting budget. And Jackson State's can't exceed more than $100,000. Um, yeah. No, I remember <laughs> Ole Miss got a rise in this recruiting budget when I was Ole Miss beat writer. Um, and it was like 30 or 40 grand. Mm-hmm. It's pretty, I think that's, I, I may be missing the deal. It was a pretty significant percentage wise yeah. bump in the recruiting budget. Um, and I asked them what they were going to do with it. And they were basically like postage and throw better parties when, when <laughs> visitors come in, have a little bit more like food and stuff. Like yeah. it was like postage and catering. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like totally different world. Totally <laughs> yeah. different world. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, because yeah, the recruiting budget can't get any lower than 50000 according to the contract and it can't exceed a hundred. Um, so there's obviously. A cap to really what you can do with recruiting. Right, you're gonna be driving a lot of places. Yeah, yeah, and I, I you're remember flying some commercial. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I remember uh, Ed O'Drone. I remember he told me he's like nobody spends more time in their car recruiting than Tony Hughes. <laughs> so, uh, right. So I'm pretty sure he's gonna be doing more, even more driving while he's at Jackson State. He does get the car. Yeah, that is part of the deal. He gets the three. He gets the three. I think Harold, I think Harold had four. Oh, and then, think, Tony, you gotta be a better recruiter. You gotta, gotta be a better dude. Yeah, think, Tony, Tony Hughes, if you're listening, let me help, let me help you renegotiate. I think Harold had four cars, and Tony, Tony gets three. I think he got a little bit lower for season ticket averages. I think and for paid home attendance, like the averages for those mm-hmm. two, um, those two are lower than Harold's. Where I think Harold. I think they required it to average like thirty five thousand fans per per year. Um, I think Tony's is twenty six. I think I think they had Harold at like twenty something thousand season tickets he needed to sell to get a bonus and I think Tony has to sell seventeen thousand. Um, so some of those achievement payments are a little bit lower. Yeah, which is all fine. Yeah. That's all it'll happen or it won't happen. I don't know how much the head coach really has to do with that anyway. Exactly. And, um, yeah, it was $10,000 for participating in the SWAC title game. I think, um, if they win a celebration, well, it's a $5,000 bonus. Celebration bowl should be more than the SWAC title game. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what do you need to do? Renegotiate. <laughs> right now. <laughs> you want me to coach spring practice? <laughs> How do you like that 2017 recruiting class? How yeah. good you won that one? <laughs> and uh, they have, I, can, I can leave at any time. <laughs> yeah, they have a they have a junior day coming up uh, next uh, next weekend. Um, so that's like kind of stuff you did, you did, kind of didn't really see. From, Jackson State having a junior day. Uh, yeah, on the 27th they're having a junior day. So um, I know they have a whole bunch of other stuff planned for throughout the spring, the summer camps wise. Um, so. It's kind of interesting to see 
the approach they're going with as opposed to the last staff. Yeah. yeah. Should be good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Who would have ever thought that Jackson State beat Ryder had to like cover this much recruiting? <laughs> I know. That was not previously part of the job description. Yeah. It's a, it's a different world now. It is. This is the uh, Our Band is Better Than Your Band podcast uh, here on ClarionLedger.com. I'm, of course, Hugh Kellberger, sports editor and columnist for the Clarion Ledger. He is Antonio Morales, our Jackson State Swack Beat writer. Um, So we started talking about Tony Hughes and his contract, which uh, Antonio got the details for on Friday. Friday, Saturday? No, Friday. We wrote it on Saturday. Yeah, published Saturday. Uh, It's up on ClarionLedger.com right now. If you want to read and get the full details, it's the only place that has it, correct? Yep. Yep. Antonio's running the Jackson State media, I'm telling you. (laughs) (laughs) Except for those two weeks he went away. He's been running. Trying, trying. So let's talk a little bit about basketball, Antonio. Um, Swack, regular season is kind of rounding into form. It's shaping up. Um, Monday night. Um, who, who do we want to talk about first? We want to talk about Jackson State or we want to talk about all four? Uh, we can talk about Jackson State first. All right, let's talk about Jackson State. Jackson State goes on the road to Prairie View A&M. Gets a big win. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wrote in my story that usually the three guys who kind of fuel Jackson State are Paris Collins, Rayford Worship, or Chase Franklin. It's usually one of those three. Sometimes you'll get a big game from Javaris Brent whenever you, the, the threes are falling from yeah. him. But for the most part, it's those three that have kind of run the ship for Jackson State this year and um, have led things. And yesterday, Paris Collins, I don't think Paris Collins scored, and and Chase and Rayford Orsham scored 12 points. It all came in the first half. Um, the guy who really sparked them was Yetra Specs, uh, Yetra Specs, and um, he scored 23 points yesterday. That was a career high, and he got him a much needed win. At Prairie View, uh, last week we were talking about how they had seven games left. The first one was against Texas Southern, and the final six were against teams that they should beat. And he helped them start off those final six games after that loss to Texas Southern um, with a pretty impressive win against the Prairie View team. They only beat by three by three points at home. Um, then they win by fourteen yesterday. They kind of started off slow, and then towards the end of the half, he kind of. He hit a three, and then I know he had a, hit another big shot to kind of help them gain the lead at half. And then um, he did a lot of damage from the free throw line in the second half, and he kind of sparked them to that win yesterday. Yeah. What, what do you think big picture does it mean? Because like you said, this has largely been a team that's – they have three scorers. Mm-hmm. Um, Javaris Brent can kind of come off the bench sometimes, and if that shot's falling, he can yeah. – he can, he can score a lot of points in a hurry, but sometimes he's he's a non-factor. Yeah. Um, what do you make of the fact that Yetrospect was able to come on like this? Is this something? Do you see this coming at all, or is, I don't was think, this a fluke? I don't think it was a fluke. I don't think it was a fluke. But I don't think you'll see the twenty-three points like obviously that right. that much. But you could kind of tell the last couple of weeks that Yetre was gaining more confidence in the beginning of the season. You'd see him pass up some of those open threes, and the last couple of weeks he's been shooting the ball uh, with more confidence, and uh, he's been stepping into those threes and, and knocking down some shots. He knocked down a couple against Southern that were pretty big. Um, so you've kind of seen him develop more confidence. Uh, I didn't think 23 points was going to be in the cards, but um, maybe like the 15-point games, the 12-point games, right. was like two or three threes, you could kind of see that coming. And he's been kind of steady 
steady, uh, just developing, progressing throughout the season. How do you think Wayne Brent responds to this? Is Specs get a little bit more time, get a little bit more action, or well, he's been getting, he's been like closing out games, which right. I know people that kind of didn't expect before the season. Um, but I think obviously he'll have, he's gonna have more confidence in Yetre now. I think after this, because um, Javarius Brent's minutes are kind of up and down. Um, so are some of the other guys. Um, but I think obviously. He's going to stick with Yetre just being one of the consistent guys that are out there finishing games. What did you make of the Texas Southern loss? 76 to 60 on the road. We know Texas Southern is the best team in the league, mm-hmm. or at least we're pretty sure that they are. Yeah. They, they've consistently kind of proven that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we both expected Jackson State to be a little bit more in that. Yeah. And it was a, it was a one point game at half. And then. It's just the things that Jackson State can't afford to do if it wants to win the SWAG right. tournament. Um, it just the thing that I've been that's been the problem all year has been the scoring droughts, and they went like six minutes without a, without a bucket against Texas Southern, and that's like that's the difference between Texas Southern and Jackson State. They're probably like on equal levels on defense and stuff like that, but Texas Southern doesn't have those scoring droughts. Like they can get a bucket when they need to get a bucket. Jackson State's it's, it's kind of hard for them to score sometimes and I know it's obviously a Wayne Brent team like like we said before and um defense is obviously going to be the focus but when you need like when you need a bucket sometimes Jackson State just can't buy one and like that's going to be the difference between them making a possibly winning the SWAC and them maybe losing the semis or something like that right I mean I mean you can't score you're yeah. susceptible to losing before the semis <laughs> yeah like, exactly I mean you can you know, you can lose to anybody if you can't. If you can't, at some point in every conference tournament, every conference tournament winner at some point says, "We need to go get a basket right now." Yeah. And you have to be able to do it. Yeah. And you have to have a clear idea of who your guy is going to be that goes mm-hmm. and get you that basket. What kind of action you're going to run to get him open. And you're starting to get to that point that if you don't know that and you don't have confidence that you can get that mm-hmm. done. Like, that's how you lose a conference tournament yeah. game. Yeah, exactly. I know Wayne Brent, a couple of weeks ago, he's like just about trust and moving the ball. And because um, sometimes when the offense gets a little stagnant, Chase Chase Franklin or Paris Collins or, or Gator, um, they just kind of tend to go one on one, try to get the basket and, and fix it themselves. Um, but I know back then he said he wanted, he wanted to see more trust. Um, so against against some of those better teams in the conference, that's that's the way it's going to have to be. They're going to have to move the ball around and get some better shots. You want to move on Alcorn? Yeah. Let's move on Alcorn. Al- Alcorn played on ESPN. <laughs> I know. I uh, didn't. I didn't. I didn't realize it was happening. To be honest with you, I uh, <laughs> I was watching the Oklahoma State Kansas game. It was kind of whatever. Kansas was clearly going to win, and I was just kind of flipping around and. All of a sudden, ESPNU, Alcorn State, and Arkansas Pine Bluff. Yeah. Uh, Alcorn obviously had another big win. Um, so they're tied for second yeah. with, uh, with, with Southern. Southern 10-3 yeah. in the league. Texas Southern is 11-1, uh, and one, so one and a half games ahead. Um, Jackson State at 9-4 is, is a game behind Southern and, and Alcorn yeah. in fourth place. And, I mean, the clear – clear separation between that top four and everybody else. Yeah, yeah, I think Valley's in fifth. 
Obviously, Tamarcio Wilson, uh, he scored 12 points to lead all corners today, and he's he's obviously had his big games in this conference. He had 31 against Jackson State uh, a couple weekends ago. Um, he hit really big shots, so he's been kind of carrying – or not carrying, but leading the way for Alcorn. And they'll, they'll, they still have to play – they set the play Southern coming up, so um, that'll be a big one. And for JSU uh, to go back to them, they're just they're they're gonna that's gonna be big for them. Just having one of them lose and kind of if JSU can keep winning, come back down to them. But Alcorn, I mean, they've just been just moving moving steady lately. I know they had yeah. they had the uh, the one they had the one point win against Valley on Saturday, which I think. They needed a, a buzzer beater in regulation from Wilson. Then uh, Trey Brown had the game winner um, in overtime was the second left. But they've been steady moving along. Um, yeah, they beat Jackson State. They lost to Southern uh, the first time around. On but, the road. Yeah. Southern and Texas Southern both were on the road. They yeah. only lost one home conference game the entire year. Yeah. And you, you know, the Southern game coming back would be at home. Um they close out the regular season on March 5th with Texas Southern. That's at mm-hmm. home. And, you know, and then Alabama A&M, Alabama State, Prairie View. Like, Alcorn has been kind of sneaky because I don't think anybody yeah. really saw this coming out of the non-conference. Yeah. They, did, they weren't playing that well. Lost a bunch of games. Yeah, I think they went to overtime with Tuskegee or something like that or Tougaloo, uh, one of them. And, yeah. uh, and uh, so – yeah, you kind of didn't see this coming, but they have Alabama State and Alabama A&M coming up these next two games. Those are on the road, but the last four games or the last three games for Alcorn at home, so they're in a really good spot right now. Um, I'm just impressed that they they were able to jump out against mm-hmm. a Pine Bluff team that they know they're better than. Yeah, um, quick turnaround, sleepy. You know, I don't know. Yeah. What, maybe maybe it was why they're playing on national TV. Maybe yeah. that gave them a little bit of a jump. Yeah, and especially after. An overtime game on Saturday, right? Where, you know, when you're expending a lot of energy against an, an in-state rival, and you're able to come out and dominate like you need to. Yeah, I mean, because they just roll the Pine Bluff. It was yeah. 39, 21 and a half, it, and it wasn't that close. Yeah. Um, you know, I think you know, Alcorn at that point probably stepped off the gas a little bit. The second mm-hmm. half was closer, but that's typical and that sort of deal. When, yeah. When a game's over at halftime, typically you kind of see that just the second half box score being a little bit different. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. You mentioned uh, Tomarcio Wilson, um, twelve points, which is really balanced. I mean, yeah. seventy nine points and and twelve yeah. leads you. I mean, yeah. just kind of everybody does a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, you do wonder, you know, same deal as we're talking about Jackson State. Mm-hmm. When you need a bucket, who who is that going to be? That guy. Yeah. Um, I, I think that is a factor for them too. And um, I mean, who knows? Maybe we're all maybe we're just kind of coming up with things to talk about, and we know the reality is that Texas Southern is just going <laughs> to run through everybody in Houston. Yeah, but Texas Southern uh, they did lose to Prairie View, so Prairie View got a win versus versus everybody, uh, like their T-shirts say. Um, <laughs> so, so they got they got that good. Uh, Prairie View has a, I don't, I still don't know how Texas Southern lost to them, like how it happened. Um, but that was obviously probably the most surprising result of of uh, the SWAC season so far. Never discount a Mike Davis coach team that they really <laughs> didn't lose a random. And uh, so that's obviously Texas Southern's one loss, and, but they've been the king of the league so far, and they had another big win last night against Grambling. 
And um, but we'll see what happens if see if Alcorn can get that two seed or Southern maybe JSU, um, and who will match up with Texas Southern in the semis and eventually in the finals. Um, yeah, this is going to be an interesting stretch run for for everybody. All right, I, let's make let's make a prediction real fast. I think we both think Texas Southern wins mm-hmm. wins the regular season at least. Um, who do you think finishes second? Uh, if I had to, I'd probably say. Let me see the schedules. Alcorn State has Southern at home. That makes me kind of lean toward toward Alcorn State. I'd go Southern. Yeah, it's really it was really a toss up. Yeah, yeah, I think I think they're both going to lose to Texas Southern. Mm-hmm. So I, I think you're talking about second place is four losses. Yeah. Um, but I think Southern wins that game, and and you know gets the sweep, and so they're second. Yeah. I think Alcorn. And then it's Alcorn and Jackson State, third and fourth. Mm-hmm. They split the regular season. I, th- I think it might be a point differential, I think. Yeah. I think um, JSU has it by a point. So if they do end up tied, I think JSU finishes ahead of them. Okay. All right. So I'm going to go Texas Southern first, Southern second, Jackson State third, Alcorn State fourth. And then you're going to root for chaos, right? Then I root for chaos. <laughs> Yeah, then we talked about this. We talked about this in the office. I'm totally in for the chaos theory of Alcorn State uh, winning the league, um, but not being able to play in the NCAA tournament because of the APR. You gotta, have, you gotta have them play Texas Southern in the finals. I want them to play Texas Southern in the championship game. That 100. Because then you're talking about a championship game where Alcorn is supremely motivated by the fact that it can still say they won the league, yeah. even if they don't get into the postseason because of it. They can still say, that's the man keeping us down. We <laughs> earned this on the court. Yeah. But if you're Texas Southern. Like, what do you play for? How, what do you what do you play for? You know you're going through. <laughs> yeah. You know you probably have to play on Tuesday or Wednesday in Dayton. Yeah. You you would have just gotten finished playing three games in three days. Mm-hmm. Um, quarterfinals, semifinals, finals. So it would be your third game in three days. Potentially, you're having to talk about a two or three day turnaround to go play in Dayton. Not potentially. You're going to you're going to go to Dayton to play yeah. in a playing game. You know that. Um, so, how if you're Texas Southern, <laughs> how do you get over that one? How do you handle it? the re? You know how it actually turns out is you try to win the game. Yeah. But it is fascinating from the perspective of like if you're Mike Davis. Like, is there an argument to be played of, like, we're going to try to win the game? You just start all five but, seniors. But no one's going to play more than 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Like, let's use our bench. Yeah. We don't want to wear out anybody. Like, I'm going to do everything we can to win. Last five minutes, we're going for it. Yeah. But before that, like, there's some other things that we're trying to play for here. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I got to save yourself for that for that uh, Dayton game. Got to save it? Yeah. Dayton's awesome, by yeah. the way. I, I, that was the first time I had gone to it last year with Ole Miss, and it was really cool. I had no idea what to expect because you're talking like, you're driving to Dayton, Ohio, and it was like BYU versus Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. And so, like, BYU doesn't have any fans that made the trip. Ole Miss doesn't have any fans that made the trip. And you're just like, it's going to be an empty gym, a movie really stale. It was packed. Like, Dayton loves basketball. Yeah. Like, it's, I, who knew? But, like, <laughs> so, like, I mean, you know, 
I still I still don't think it's the real NCAA tournament. Yeah. And I and I still think it's a crime that a SWAC or MEAC team doesn't actually get to play mm-hmm. the actual NCAA tournament. But in terms of what it could be and what it is, it's really cool. Yeah, yeah. And you know, whoever the SWAC is and have their band there. Oh yeah. And it's gonna be going wild, going crazy. So that's always an interesting thing. Um but yeah, it's 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 like the SWAC teams and MEAC teams are automatically like slotted in. Yes. Like Joe Lenardi and you see Bracketology, just Texas Southern slash whoever is on, on the other side. Right. 100%. Doesn't even think about it. Doesn't <laughs> just, he probably doesn't even type it himself. He has an editor. He just tells him SWAC and MEAC, whoever, whoever's winning their list. Right? <laughs> yeah. Just write them in. Yeah. And, and, the, and that's because that's what it is. Yeah. And that's unfortunate. Yeah. But... What do you need to do? I mean, Texas Southern probably should end up winning its play, playing game. And if you, whoever, it depends on who they're matched up with, obviously. Um, I mean, you've seen them beat, like last year, they beat Michigan State. They can beat, right. They can beat teams, especially in a playing game like that. They have, they have the talent. Yeah. No, I, the thing to me is, I, I think the answer is if you're a conference champion, you should get to play in the actual real instant tournament. tournament. Yeah. You should get to play on Thursday or Friday. I don't mind the play-in concept, but I think it should be entirely at largest. Yeah, it should be for the eleven and twelve seeds. That that's the way to do it. Mm-hmm. Let those teams that have twenty-one wins and have scuffled along and have three bad losses yeah. and two okay wins, let them go earn their way in. But if you win your conference championship, you should know where you are headed and not have your season end on it. By seven o'clock on Tuesday. Yeah, because I mean, it, if you win your conference tournament, it's supposed to be an automatic berth into the NCAA tournament, and really for the swag, it's just an automatic berth into the playoff game, basically. Right, and the NCAA tried to like act like it was the real NCAA tournament by mm-hmm. saying, "Oh no, this is the first round." Yeah, <laughs> this, this thing with only eight teams is the first round, and they've given that up this year. Yeah, like you know, because you used to have to call it like, which meant that like. They wanted you to call like what the actual first round everybody else thought was the first round was the round of sixty four. Yeah, and the round of thirty two. And it was yeah, just like, no. no, it was the first and second round, <laughs> like and then playing games. Yeah. Like call it call it what it is. Yeah. Yeah, so I think what the, they used to call it what, the first four? Yeah, that was used to be the first four. Yeah. They may they may still do that. Yeah. But yeah, so we'll see what happens. So if JSU or Alcorn, obviously Alcorn can't go, but we'll see if JSU can make a run possibly at that Maybe. game. Yeah, it'll, it'll be it'll be hard for them. Obviously, Texas Southern beat them twice. Um, and Texas Southern is obviously the, be- the best team in the league right now, and they won the league last year. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. You ready for some college baseball? <laughs> yeah. Starts you Friday. had no idea when you took this job that in the middle of February you would go for a college baseball <laughs> game, did you? Uh, I, I had an idea. Um, I don't know how much I'm going to be doing, but it'll be. Yeah. I, I, right. You're going to be <laughs> out there opening day, I think. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go out there Friday, um, check out Florida A&M um, versus Jackson State. And Jackson State, Jesus Santana was SWAC preseason player of the year. So, I mean, hey. yeah, they, they have a – they were well represented on that team. They think they had five guys on the first team, another three on the second team. So I mean, Jackson's good. Yeah, yeah. They're good. Omar's, First. yeah, Omar's should have a pretty good team uh, again this year. It's them 